You're listening to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast, where we talk real life, answer questions, and take a deeper, practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. Today we are talking with Eric Erdman. Well, welcome to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast. I am Lydia Miller here today with Eric Erdman. Eric, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Eric is joining us in a little series that we've been doing where we've been tapping into the intelligence of the other people on staff that are experts in certain areas that I'm thinking you would like maybe a little bit of information or help on. And today's segment really is for parents um, of kids who are teens or maybe soon to be teens or young adults uh, because Eric heads up our family ministry and also specifically our high school ministry. And he is here to chat with us about students and mental health, which I know is a topic um, that is really kind of a hot topic right now Mm -hmm. for parents, students, teachers, coaches alike. This is something that we all recognize we desperately need to get right. So I'm really excited to talk about that today. But before we do that, I would love for people who don't know you to know just a little bit more about who you are, what your family is, and how you kind of got here to Sunnybrook. Yeah. Well, an expert is a far stretch. I'm not (laughs) an expert. So set the expectation really high. No, but yep. So um, I'm married to my beautiful wife, Mo, for just over three years. And uh, we don't have any kids of our own, but we're foster parents. So we've had nine foster kids in the home. We have three now. That's really something that we really feel called in in, in our family. So um, something we love doing. Um, and then been at Sunnybrook for three years. The first two years were specifically in high school ministry. But then within the last year, I'm moving into this family ministry role, which I have come to really love and appreciate, especially having little ones in the home now. So, Yeah. Awesome. So for the past three years, you really have been in the world of high school, teens, what's happening in their world, what they're thinking, what they're feeling. So for parents who are maybe a little bit more removed from that, and their only experience is maybe the kids that they have in their home, what trends are you kind of seeing in the world of mental health and teens right now? Yeah. So taking a lot of looks at statistics, and the statistics are, they're good, but they're also heartbreaking at the same time. And I I came with some, um, but one in five Americans have a diagnosable mental health condition. And the the mind-blowing part about that is 50% of them, they recognize that condition at the time they're 14, Mm -hmm. and 75% are recognized and diagnosed by the time they're 24. So it's definitely affecting our youth. And then the depression and the anxiety, some studies say as much as one in three teens struggle with anxiety. Four million had a depressive episode last year. So, um, and the most heartbreaking one I think is suicide is the second leading cause of death from kids 10 to 24. So um, it's incredibly prevalent in the CDC. It's a national emergency in 2021. So it's there, it's prevalent. Um, The good thing in it though, is I do see the shift, especially with this generation now that we see on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings, um, is there's the shift and it's good of this idea that it's okay not to be okay. Mm-hmm. You see these phrases, it's okay not to be okay. Because for so long, and, and I'm sure you know this, but there's been this stigma that you can't talk about mental health. And if you do, you're weak or you're shamed or you're the, the oddball in the group if you struggle with this mental health, which is so similar to physical health, but for some reason there's been this stigma. Um, but it's a really good shift to see um, that this idea that it's okay not to be okay. You can be real about your problems. You can come clean with maybe some areas you're struggling, especially with mental health. 
Um, and even if we look at it in the Bible, you see many people of great faith and many people that God used to do some amazing things who struggled and were not okay. Elijah, you know, asked God to take his life. And Paul, despaired of life itself, you know, Moses argued with God. Um, David, you think of all the Psalms where he cried out and lamented. It was okay to not be okay. Um, but I think then where we as ministry leaders, volunteers, parents, teachers, whatever is, okay, it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Mm. And so then to continue to look at, well, Moses and David were in the great examples of the faith in Hebrews chapter 11, and they had faith in a God who could restore and could heal and who loved them and cared for them and saw them in their feelings and their emotions and walked with them in the lows. He's close to the brokenhearted, but he's also there in the great moments of life Mm. as well. So um, it's incredibly prevalent, but I think there's good in that there's a shift in, I think, breaking the stigma. We need to continue to have conversations in that and continue to point them to the God who is with them. Mm-hmm. I think you're so right, because it seems like sometimes we miss that second step. Is there's this acceptance of it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to have struggles. It's yeah. okay to have um, faults. It's okay to have things that you're really dealing with. But then I think the heart of pretty much every parent that I've ever encountered in this world is, okay, but then how do I help them? I don't want them to stay there. Have you seen anything that parents are doing or things that you've talked with students about before? How can parents step into this and help their teens in this world? Um, Well, I think first and foremost is to really connect them. We talk about this all the time, but just to tether them to the resurrection. Their faith Mm -hmm. should be tethered to the resurrection of Jesus. And so I think Start by looking at the person of Jesus and recognizing that Jesus is our sympathetic high priest who understands all of our weaknesses, that he faced joy, but he also faced heartbreak and betrayal by loved ones and the deepest of hurts and regret and all of that. So to say, hey, listen, you know, Jesus is your Lord and Savior, but he also he can relate like he is your high priest. He's interceding on your behalf. So I think just starting there. Always tethering first and foremost to who Jesus is, his life and his death and resurrection. But then I think just some practical ways, and these are super simple, um, but as I was thinking about it, just to talk about it. So just be present. And so we talk about it on Wednesday with our small group leaders, but show up predictably and then show up randomly. So what are some family rhythms that they have in their lives? Is it dinner time? Is it are they involved in a lot of sports where you can just show up predictably there before and after? Um, but then also to show up randomly. I was just talking with a parent, and they said one of the ways that their kids feel loved is, is through food. And so one of the ways that they show up randomly and to start conversation is when they're playing video games or homework at the end of the night, they'll make a grilled ham and cheese and just show up at the door and be like, hey, I've got this food for you. But it's just a way to show up randomly. So I think you, the parents know their kids better than anybody else. So what makes your kid feel loved? Start there and show up randomly. If it's you know, a sporting event, watching a basketball game, if it's showing up with food, whatever it is, I think that's a great place to start to just be present, um, to talk about it. Don't be afraid to ask direct questions. And this is really more towards suicide and, and ideation of suicide. It is okay to ask that question. I know a lot of times people are, do I ask that? Do I not ask that? It is okay to ask that. You're not going to put those thoughts in, in, your, in your child's head. Um, so it is okay to ask that. And then I think to, to look for code words. Um, so when you ask the direct questions, you know, if I ask you, are you depressed? You might not say, yes, I'm depressed. But look for code words of, you know, I'm tired all the time. I just want to be alone. Uh, I'm not hungry, even though they should be hungry. Um, you know, I'm just forgetting a lot of things. I think oftentimes if we look closely, we can find some code words that will tell us a lot more 
than what they're trying to let on. Um, and then I think the next step of that is then to validate. Um, hey, what you're feeling is real. The pain you feel is real. The hurt you feel is real. The circumstance, the relationship, it's real. Validate that, but then also to remind them that it's not permanent, that it's temporary. That although it's real and it's, it might be big, it is not permanent. Um, and then again, to just point them back to the relationship with Jesus and, and just the hope you can find in there. Um, because while their hurt is not permanent, we, we know that hope lasts forever. First Corinthians 13, that these three things will remain, faith, hope, and love. And that they, because oftentimes the this, this situations with mental health, it's this hopelessness. Things will never get better. Things will always be this way. But just to remind them that this is not permanent. There's always hope. Mm-hmm. So, I know this is an area um, when I've talked with parents that have students struggling with this where parents really feel kind of ill-equipped. I've heard from a lot of parents of like, well, I never really struggled with this. Like, I'm, I'm having a hard time understanding where they're coming from. I'm having a hard time mm-hmm. understanding how they're feeling. And so I know this is something that the church and student ministry in particular has tried to be really intentional about of how can we speak into this into our students? How can we even speak into parents? Um, so what are things that you have been intentional about in this year in student ministry where mm-hmm. parents can make sure that they make it available to their kids or send their kids to it to make sure they're getting the help they need? Yeah. Um, the biggest thing this year is is we had this night called Scene Night, and we really reached out to parents and teachers and, and really all of the community because we recognize the big topic that this is, um, where we had an expert psychologist come in and talk about these mental health issues. And so we saw really good success and feedback from that. And so we want to continue to try to do that once or twice a year. Um, these big kind of trainings where people can come together. And even I think the, the blessing that we saw on the other side of that, that we weren't really expecting, but we're, we were happy to see was, again, it broke down that stigma of like, there was even community that was built among that of, of parents, but also then teachers and also, um, you know, healthcare professionals here of like, Hey, we're all in this together. We really care for our kids, the next generation, our students, whatever it might be. Um, so we were, we're going to try to do something like that again this year. Um, I think for Wednesday nights, we're trying to be more intentional. Like next or tomorrow, as this is getting recorded, um, we're doing a series on, it's called Elevate, Raising the Bar on these conversations like depression, anxiety, and tomorrow we're talking about suicide. So we're really trying to be open and honest from stage. What does this look like? And then how do we tackle it biblically? Um, so then with that, we're equipping small group leaders who are walking with our kids every Wednesday to have these conversations. Um, and then with that, too, sending out resources in parent emails and in Facebook groups. So if there's a parent listening to this now and you're not getting those, to reach out to us on our website and, and you can start getting those resources as well. Um, but really the best way that we're going to be able to help is in conversations. So um, I know sometimes, again, we talk about this stigma, but just want to open the door for conversation on this. If you or a kid you know or your kid is struggling to reach out, and we might not have all the answers and we might not be able to do anything, but we promise that we will walk to them, walk with you in the best of our ability to pray with you if we have resources to help you feel equipped. Um, But really, our goal is we just want to partner and support you as you 
walk with your kid. Mm-hmm. I know this has been something that we've been trying to be just really intentional about in these last uh, couple years, and I know that it's something that's impacting a ton of families. We also have put together as a church just kind of a list of approved mm. counselors and therapists, just professional help because we yep. recognize you can have Jesus and still need a therapist. Yep. And we have got some Christian counselors that we really have signed off on and think are great. We have a list of those that we can make available uh, to you as well. So if you're a parent out there listening and you're feeling like those need to be made available to you, please reach out to Eric um, or even just our front desk and we'll make sure that we get all of that information to you. But beyond that, I would encourage you, if your student is not involved on Wednesday nights, not involved in a small group, the more God-loving, encouraging people your child can have in their life, the better. So I would encourage you mm-hmm. to get them involved mm-hmm. on Wednesday night. Reach out to Eric. He'll get them plugged into a small group and make sure that they are here for that. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Eric, for being here. We will join you next time. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org or download the Sunnybrook Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast.